three, two, one. Welcome back to another episode of Unlearned and Reborn, a podcast where old habits are unlearned and new ones are reborn. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's me, your girl, your sis, your friend. I'm your host, Shania Elise, and this is another episode of Unlearned and Reborn. How y'all feel today? Oh my goodness. Turkey Day just passed. How many of y'all is back in the gym? <laughs> I know I will be. <laughs> but really, like, how's everybody feeling? How was your holidays? I would love to know if you don't mind leaving a comment in the comment section here on YouTube. And yeah, talk to me. I want to know how y'all doing. So today, I wanted to add another nugget to the Healing Your Inner Child series. And I wanted to talk about silent expectations. So for me growing up, um, I did have expectations, but it wasn't until I was older that I realized that a lot of them I just internalized to myself. And I thought that I would be able to just telekinesis, put that into the next person's mind on what I was feeling or what I needed, what I wanted. And wow, y'all, y'all know how I feel about therapy. And I just feel like it is such a mind-blowing experience when you have those breakthrough moments. And having silent expectations was one of them for me. Um, Have you ever felt that, you know, maybe you were let down with an expectation that you did have and you did vocalize this expectation. And in the end, you were still let down. Like, no, what the heck? What's going on? I asked you to, you know, um, make sure that I get to celebrate my birthday and it seemed like everything was going good. And then just, oh, it plummets. Don't worry. I have been there as well. And I want you to know that it's okay. Okay. Come on, let's talk. So the first thing I wanted to talk about was my childhood expectations. Remember earlier when I said, have you ever been let down? But what about if you can think back that far? You know, some of us, be getting up there in age. (laughs) If you can think back that far, do you remember being let down as a child? Like, how was that experience for you? Did you feel like, oh my gosh, my world is ending Um, I did have childhood expectations. Like I am very, very big on celebrating birthdays. I've always loved the time of when my birthday would come around and I was always so excited for the gifts and, you know, the day being about me and I'm not getting, you know, punished or told, no, don't, you know, don't be vain. Don't be like today is my day. And I just remember that, you know, my dad would say that he would send, you know, uh, a gift for me for my birthday. And I would be waiting, y'all, waiting, waiting by the meal, waiting, like waiting, waiting, waiting. And there were birthdays where no gift came. So as a child, I really became, um, I was hurt by it. Yes. But I also feel like it made me like ball go into inside of myself, like just, you know, try to not make things a big deal. Cause I was like, okay, well maybe it's because, you know, you know, maybe he didn't have enough money. Maybe my mom didn't have enough money. Like, you know, maybe, you know, um, and you know, I know I, of course, as an adult, I realized that money did have a lot to play, you know, 
with, you know, me being able to have birthday parties and things like that. But oftentimes I found that my expectations as a child, they were so natural and pure. That's just children in general, right? Mamas, you know, that have children, they don't ask for a lot. Like children expect to be loved. They expect to be cared for. Children expect to be safe with their fr- uh, with their family. They expect to be given love as they give love. Like a child is so like, man, that's why I seriously understand why the Bible's like references us being, having the child like heart like having a childlike heart because a child is so, even when they don't want to, like they are so easy to surrender in a sense. Like they are like, you know, you know what? You're bigger than me. Okay, cool. Like you got it. And it's like, man, like that being in a, being going through childhood and you experience trauma that I truly believe that is why that sticks to us so much as we get older, because the vulnerability that comes with being a child. Right. And I felt like I was looking for, you know, comfort of, you know, okay, I want to know that I am loved and I'm cared for on my birthday. I want, you know, and I wouldn't, you know, back then it was the nineties, early two thousands. We didn't have, I mean, there were laptops and stuff out, but I didn't want none of that. Like I wanted, I don't even know what I was asking for then. I think maybe Laker stuff, maybe I was asking for, um, hair stuff. I don't even know if I was into makeup then, but I, I guarantee you, or, or, um, maybe the DS. I know I was, uh, I did have a DS and then I think either I lost or I gave it away, (laughs) but like, I, you know, despite of what I was asking for, I didn't feel like it was too much. So I'm just like, okay, well, why, why can't it, like, why am I not getting these things? Like what's going on? And if I could even put a pause here and just stress to parents, listen, even if you are financially challenged around the time of your child's birthday, around the time of the holidays, children are a lot more understanding than we think as they grow. You know, if you can explain to them without being rude or I'm the adult, don't ask no questions. If you can kind of get on their level Like, I just wonder what that would have done for me. Like, hey, you know, I know that I said I was going to send you a gift, but I fell through. I am sorry for that. You know, just accountability. Like, it's, it's something to be accountable. And so... Back to what I was mentioning about the childhood expectations. Yeah, I I really had some basic expectations, y'all. Like beyond my needs being met, I wanted to, you know, go on vacations. I wanted to be able to go shopping. And, you know, that really was not possible, you know, with, with all of my siblings and my mom being a single parent. So my circumstances was even something that kind of weighed on my childhood expectations in a negative way because a child doesn't understand what paycheck to paycheck means. A child doesn't understand, you know, beyond the, no, we don't have it. Y'all going to eat, you know, I already cooked, y'all eat at home. Like a child just knows when I see that McDonald's sign, I want it. I want the McDonald's. Like if I see that PlayStation, that Nintendo, I want that. I really want that. And I just, you know, that was a healing thing for me. And even now, like I can look back at my younger self and I'm like, wow, like I'm able to now 
heal her in a sense because I do take pride in my birthday. I'm 26, 27 next year. I am going to do something for my birthday. I don't know what I'm going to do yet, but it's like, I don't feel a burden of, oh no, like, you know, don't make it about you or, oh no, we're not going to have enough money to do. Even if I do something in the city that I'm in and I don't, you know, travel outside, I celebrate my birthday. Like that is something that is big for me. So children, their expectations, like I said earlier, are very basic. But if those basic expectations are not met, I'm telling you, it is a ripple effect that goes into the adolescent, the adult, then into a marriage, then, you know, so on and so forth. So mamas that do have children, make sure that you first understand your child's love language because mine was words of affirmation and it still is. And and I think second, it's gifts. So it's like as an adult, I know that gifts are something that I really enjoy. Being told that I am loved, being told that I'm appreciated, that is something that I enjoy. And now understanding that, I now can cater my space to that type of um like input in a way. No, I'm not only like, okay, I just want y'all to praise me all day long, bow down, worship. No, but it's like, you know, I make sure that the people that I have in my inner circle are fulfilling of that. And if they're not like, I'll like, Hey girl, like, you know, you know, is, you know, I planned this thing for my birthday. You didn't show up, you know, whatever the case may be. You know, I definitely feel like as an adult, I'm able to just heal my inner child from those expectations because I understand that, you know, at the end of the day, those, a lot of those things were out of my control. I can't force anybody to give me a gift. I can't force anybody to plan me a birthday party. I can't force anybody to do, you know, all of those things. So I really felt like a load had been lifted from my shoulders because I understood that that was all I could really comprehend as a child. And that's another thing, like children, their capacity to understand complexity, it's really not, you know, unless you have a baby genius. (laughs) And even then, like, you know, it's really limited. So just imagine me feeling big emotions at that age and I don't really understand, okay, why does this person keep letting me down? Okay, they're my parent, I'm supposed to trust them. So it's like, okay, you know, I just brush it off and just, okay, you know, come back for another hug. And they're like, okay, no. And it's like, okay, come back for another hug. And they're like, no, like, you know, it's hard for a child to understand what is happening. Children are very literal. So I'm thinking, okay, immediately I go to me. It's something I've done. And that is why, you know, as an adult, I I can be so critical of myself. And I understand now more than ever where that comes from because as a child, like I said, I had a lot of letdowns. So I automatically turn into me. I, I will evaluate me quick. But it's like there has to be a balance because now I'm evaluating myself in such a negative way that I'm like, you know, Shania, you did this. Like you should not have asked for that Build-A-Bear because, you know, they didn't have enough money and, you know, they forgot or, you know, they didn't want to send it and now it's on you. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and that's such a sad place and such a sad realization that I had in therapy. Like, man, I was a little girl that was carrying around so much unnecessary weight because I didn't understand. Like, I just didn't understand why things were happening the way they were, you know? So 
understand that if you were in, like, if that, what I spoke about resonates with you in your childhood, just understand that you are not alone and that you were a child trying to understand an adult, you know, an adult's mentality. And that's just dang near impossible for a child, like I said, to understand something as complex as that. So you can join me in the healing journey. And I'm telling you, it's amazing. It hurts, but it's worth it. And you will get through this. Okay. So I just talked about childhood expectations. The next level of expectations that I had to whack away at was the adolescent expectations. So my adolescent expectations um, from my parents. So, um, and it was still for my parents as a child, but I definitely think it was more of a surface level. Like as I grew older, like adolescence, like it was really like rooted deep within like, okay, parents, this is what I need. So um, if you've been listening to the pod and you've been a part of the pod, you know that I did not live in a two-parent household. So my expectations were very internal. They were not voiced often. Um, I would say some of it was fear. And then two, because I was, it was known that I was more sensitive, I was afraid of being rejected and shot down. Like, oh, it's not that serious. Or, you know, oh, you know. Just, you know, that's just how, you know, that's just how your dad is or that's just how, you know, that's just how that situation is, you know, just just let it be type thing. You know, that validation piece, like, you know, me being sensitive and then I don't get validated for how I'm feeling. I that's going to add even more to me being critical of myself because I'm like, okay, why is everybody else okay with, you know, not getting anything for their birthday? And then I'm it, it hurts my feelings to the core that I didn't get what I asked for. Okay, so now there's something wrong with me. And then it just trickles into other areas of my life where I feel like there's a legit problem with me. And like that was just it was it was hard to get over, you know. I expected, you know, that because I am someone's daughter, they are going to show up for me. I expected that off the rip. And it's like as an adult, I understand, you know, Somewhat, you know, I, I I would say I don't ever fully understand um, people's stance, especially if I've been hurt in the process. I can be like eight out of 10 things, I would say, even maybe even nine out of 10, I can understand. But there's still a part where I'm just like, okay, but it could have just been different. Like, you know, <laughs> like you could have spoken up, you know, I don't know, something. So I didn't feel like at the time that I could tell my parents that I was disappointed in them. Like, let's just pause there. Mamas, I know, like, would that crush you if your child said that they was disappointed in you? Like, I would be, if I would be like, ooh. But, you know, going through this healing process, I truly believe that I would genuinely try to understand, okay, what, where was the disconnect? Where, where did mommy not, you know, where was I not there for you? where you felt like, you know, you're disappointed in my actions because, you know, I'm sorry and I want to make it right. Like I'm so passionate and I'm so driven to really, really allow my children to voice how they feel. Not being disrespectful because, you know, and it's even hard now, you know, with our children, we have a three-year-old and a two-year-old, you know, they're still in that impulsive stage. (laughs) God bless them. 
So it's like, I can't just let them run rampant and no mama. Yes, mama. No, I don't want to No, You know, they're very impulsive right now, but you know, as they get older, I can, you know, let the reins up some and really try to, okay, see how do they handle conflict? Okay. How do they, you know, how do they like to be approached, you know, during conflict? You know, of course, everything is not going to be absolutely catered to them because that's just not real life. But it's like if I know that my oldest and he is, he is more sensitive, I am not going to go in guns blazing. I'm going to try to talk to him first. But that younger, that youngin, that youngest one, no, baby, you got to get on him immediately. <laughs> like you got to get with him because if not, he is going to run circles around you. So it's like just learning you know, I'm really, I have my eyes very open with learning my children and learning their, um, you know, their defense mechanisms, really trying to understand them because uh, they will be adolescents one day. Okay. And it's like um, being in that adolescent stage where I had these silent expectations, it was a very dangerous stage for me because these principles that I had would then translate into the blueprint for when I decided to start dating. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. How did we hop from silent expectations from your parents to dating? How does it correlate? Sis, all daughters know that your dad is essentially your first love, just like all mamas know that your son is going to be your last love. And even with... um. The dating, like, because I had, you know, I, I looked for affectionate men. That was something that I was so, like, I want. I have to have a man that is affectionate. I want him to hug me. I want him to show that he cares, buy me flowers. And it's like, through therapy, because I always say through therapy, y'all, I'm an advocate for therapy. You know that. I realized that that need for affection came from that absentee relationship that I had with my father growing up. So I'm now putting all this extra pressure on this soon to be boyfriend, you know, or soon to be husband, future husband, that I just, I need to be showered with love all day long, 24 seven. When you're asleep, I need to know in my heart that you love me. And it's like, you know, I was so unbalanced. I was so unbalanced in that aspect because I had to learn the very hard way once I got married. And even when I was dating, like, no, baby, if you put all your trust in that, oh, baby, it's only a matter of time before you get hurt. You know, and not even that they're intentionally trying to let you down, but your your um, your mindset it's it's wayward because you're putting all of your everything into this person and saying, if they are not affectionate, I will not be. If they are affectionate, then I will be. Like you're tying your existence to this and then that just becomes toxic and so on and so forth. And I realized, you know, as I dated that, man, that is why I could not stay in or, or or gravitate to people that were truly ready for a deeper level of commitment. Like, okay, I remember once in high school, you know, when I was dating, I was like, okay, I'm dating this person and I want to be able to date, go to college and marry this person. Like that was, that was Shania's goal. We're going to date, we're going to get our degrees, we're going to get married, we're going to have family, we're going to do, we're going to do the thing. And it's like, you know, until my husband, I hadn't really met a guy that was truly serious. I felt like the guys were just mainly like, okay, well, if that's what you want, 
you know, I do want to marry eventually. And it's like, uh, I'm not about to be a 17 year girlfriend. So sorry. <laughs> like, I'm not doing that. And it's like, you know, I grew to normalize being mean to myself and being so critical to myself because I longed for affection. Like I said, there is nothing wrong with you wanting an affectionate partner, with you wanting affection from your spouse. There is something not okay and not normal with that. If you don't get that, it literally crushing your whole day or it literally becomes a, um, a, a, like a dependency for you. Like if I don't get this much affection, if I don't get 16 kisses a day, oh, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be down. I'm going to be depressed. I'm going to be, you know, angry. I'm going to rage. Like, you know, no. So I had to really cut the ties with that younger me that was holding my hand. And she's like, you know, holding my hand with a teddy bear in her other hand, like, you know, like, you know, in a really vulnerable, precious state. And it's like, you know, Shania, you're, you're an adult now, you know, life, you've seen what life can be, real life can be. So you are going to eventually have to let go of little Shania and start your healing process. And uh, there's times where I look in the mirror and I'm just like, man, like I know for a fact, younger me is proud of me. And then there's other times where I'm like, ooh. Younger me, I see you coming, trying to peek through, like, we're going to have to work on this. So, you know, learning how to, if I'm going to critique myself, to not be overly critical of myself. And it's a challenge. It, it is hard to do because, you know, I'm like, okay, well, I want to make sure that I'm doing stuff. I'm, I want to make sure that I'm doing it right. I want to make sure that I'm doing this. And it's like, just take your time, you know, change, change, real change. It, it, it will come. You know, looking back, it makes sense why my level of sensitivity was so high as a child because I was easily, easily feeling hurt. And it's like because, you know, I I feel like I ha- and I still do have a very big heart. You know, I'm I'm more guarded now. I will say that. But because I just I would love just just want, with my arms wide open, I, I would walk straight into daggers, y'all, right into the middle of it, like right into the middle of my heart. So, you know, I, I, I hit myself in my schoolwork. I hit myself in, you know, the social life that I did have, you know, I wanted to make sure that I was not alone for a long time. So I even went through that phase of, you know, you know, oh, I don't want to be by myself. So let me get, you know, not even let me get in a relationship, but, you know, let me do something that bit that keeps me busy. Because the moment that I stop and I settle down, I truly have to sit with the fact that, hey, you know, my dad is still not here. He's still not, you know, involved in my life like I want him to. He's still not, you know, doing, you know, what I like. And it's like, hey, or, you know, my mom, like, dang, you know, I really wish we could have more you know, just me and her dates, but you know, that's selfish to ask because you have other siblings. It's just like, I felt like as a child and even as an adolescent that I, my, my thought process was so more mature than the average adolescent. Like most kids would be like, oh, well, you know, I'm just going to ask my parents, but I'm thinking like 17 steps ahead. Okay. I need to make sure that she has money. Does she have money? Did she already mention that she didn't have enough money or did, you know, my dad already say that, you know, I was just, I was overly analyzing things, you know, being busy, being overly critical, overly analyzing, like, y'all, I don't know how I wouldn't own something like, 
to to keep me sane. <laughs> like I'm telling you, as I got older, like and I really started to pretty much starting to break down. Like it was just so much just overflowing out of me that I'm like, man, I need I need a, I need a break from life. I need a break from everything. So just understand that even when you start your therapy process and you're wanting to heal your inner child, it's gonna get ugly. It's gonna get ugly before it gets better. And there's even going to be times in your better where it still gets ugly again. Like, just understand that this is all a process. You know, as long as you stay willing, as long as you stay open to the process, you will find a you that God truly intended for you to be. Because, you know, I don't believe that he ever put us on this earth to just struggle all the time. Just get up, get up once, get knocked down 10, get up once, get knocked Yes, life is going to happen. But I don't believe that we are just supposed to just be down and out, paycheck to paycheck. Like, no, I want my fa- I want to buy stuff and not even be worried about my bank account. I want to live in a beautiful home that's paid off. I want to drive cars that are paid off. I want my children us to be able to provide our children with their first cars. Like, I I I want those things, and I know that in order to be able to really really achieve my dreams, healing my inner child is something that I have to do. So just understand that, you know, again, you're not alone. The process, it's it's a it's a trying one. It really is. And, you know, setting these silent expectations and this goes into the next part even affects you as an adult. And an adult that has children. So it affects your parenting because you then start to build up these walls and now you get triggered by your kids and you're wondering why you're always snapping like Yes, it's literally a domino effect. We said it started at childhood. I said then at adolescent. Y'all, let me tell you how these silent expectations will have you in adulthood in a adulthood going to have you in a chokehold. When I found out that I was pregnant with our oldest son, I grew so fearful of what my child would be like. Like, I'm like, oh my gosh. Is he going to, you know, not even if he was going to be like a bad kid. And I don't even like using that word, but I was more so fearful of the world, you know, experiencing like him experiencing the world. Like, is he going to have trauma? Is he going to um, go through the things that I went, you know, went went through with the childhood abuse? Like, is is he going to... um, you know, how how can I protect him? How can I protect him, his spirit, his soul, his, y'all, like I was afraid to even push him. Like, like I was afraid to get birth because I'm like, oh my gosh, once he's out, he's out. It's like, it's no going back. Like, you know, he, he's going to be out here in this world, experiencing this world, like, oh my gosh. So I realized once he was born that y'all, I was in full blown mama bear mode. Like not even like, no, you can't have my child. No, you can't touch my child. But it's like, I was so panicked and just so afraid of life to come for him that I was already building up this, like this wall with the outside world on the outside. And then just, I I was probably even building it with my husband on the outside. I, I don't even know. I don't remember, but just me and him, like just me just holding on to him in his little baby state, like Again, I realized that I was parenting from a place of young Shania, little Shania. 
Like, oh, I cannot allow this to happen to him. So no, he's not going to spend a night, you know, for long periods of time. Or if he spends a night, like I'm going to be there too. Like, you know, I don't want him to go to this place because I don't really know those people like that. So, you know, this could happen, this could happen. And, you know, I I was just living in fear, y'all, like real deal fear, y'all, that something was going to happen to him and I was not going to be there to protect him. So let's put a pin in that. And I really had to pray, y'all. And I still pray, like, God, be with me in my decision-making process. Be with my, be with me and my husbands, you know, in our decision-making processes where we pick, you know, things like schools or pick things like camps and pick things because, you know, I don't want my child to not be able to experience a side of life because of something traumatic that has happened to me. You know, like I said, with the sleepover that I went to, I don't, I don't want him to have to miss out on sleepovers. So I have to have a balance. Can he go to any and every sleepover? No, because I need to meet your parents. I need to meet, you know, I need, I need to know who I was going to be there. I need to get a vibe of what kind of people these people are. But it's like, even in my healing process, I'm, I'm trying my best to remain open to even the possibility you know, like remember last podcast where I said to try y'all, your girl, your girl is having to try to even like, you know, you know, just when a thought arises and I start feeling myself getting anxious and oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, like, ooh, oh my God, oh my God, this could happen. And oh my gosh, oh my, I, I need to call them. I need to, you know, I, I, I don't know that, you know, all, when I start getting myself worked up, I have to really really like pause and just ask myself, okay, Shania, in this very moment, is there something that you can actively do? Most of the time it's no, because they're probably away at their grandparents. It's like two, what is, what is causing this, you know, rise in you like this? Is it something that you saw on social media? Is this something that you heard one of them say? Like, what is it? And it's like, once I can identify the what, I can now put the what with the facts of the reality that I'm sitting in right now. And a lot of the times I can dead the noise, you know, like having those silent expectations as a parent is that, you know, it's really unrealistic for me to walk around thinking that my son will never, ever be hurt. You know, his, his, his heart might get broken, you know, from the first girl that he dates or, you know, um, you know, maybe he gets cut from the team, you know, things can happen. But see, this is why I have to heal my inner child because I have to be ready to deal with that when it does happen. I can't be so triggered where I'm like, oh, we're going to take him out of that school. Oh, we he, he don't got to be on that team. Oh, he not going over there no more. And it's like, you know, there, there's, there, there has to be a balance of all things, you know, of, you know, a, a gauge of, of everything pretty much. And, you know, I was me parenting from the eyes of my younger self. Fear was in there. Anxiety was in there. Being protective was in there and just trying to almost get a jump on the accident before it happens. Like, you know, imagine me, um, just, yeah, just trying to jump the gun, pretty much get ahead. And it's like, girl, nothing is going on right now. And trust me when it happens, you, I'm sure you will be ready, you know, you know, for it when it happens, I had to learn to trust myself and I'm gonna get deeper into that, you know, later about trusting yourself. But there were things that I told myself that, you know, I don't want my child to ever feel like, you know, this, or I don't ever want my child to feel like I've done this to them as a parent. Again, parenting from my younger eyes. So now I'm setting these unrealistic expectations for myself because I'm trying to make myself be a perfect parent. 
I'm going to make mistakes. I told y'all last podcast, I, I, be, I fuss at my children. I holler at them. I do. I do. Pop their little hands. Yep, I do. And it's like, you know, sometimes I have to say, okay, hold on. Like, you know, you're, you're actually frustrated more than you are. You're frustrated with the situation more than you are with them. So let's, let's, let's deal with that frustration before you go in there and discipline. And, you know, a lot of the time, again, it helps me come down from a 10 to like a five, or maybe I come from a 10 to an eight, but I'm still, I'm able to discipline you know, in a healthy way, even at an eight, like I'm not just so frustrated and I'm yanking you up and doing all of this. And it's like, you know, parenting with unreal, with silent expectations and unrealistic expectations. I I put myself in such a tight space, y'all, that there was no room for error where I felt like if I said something, you know, you know, with, with a bad tone, oh, I'm a bad mom. You know, I didn't, um, I forgot to pack something when they went to their grandparents. So, oh my gosh, I'm I'm a, I'm a bad parent. Like, you know, or if they don't have, you know, you know, every, everything that they should. Oh, you know, like I, I like this re- most recent weekend, I forgot their jackets and y'all, I know older me would have been like, oh my gosh, babe, we got to go buy jackets because the boys don't have jackets. And it's just like, you know, I, I packed their, their sweater. So, you know, I, I I let their I had let their um their Gigi know I was like you know if if you feel like they need a jacket then um you know let me know and I just left it at that and it's like I was proud of myself because I know in the past I would have been down on myself for that something as simple as forgetting it y'all I packed their bag I had to pack my bag I had to you know fold up some clothes before we left and got on the road it's like sis you were doing stuff it's okay to forget it's okay to um, not, not have a fully packed bag. Like those children, they will be okay. I promise you, they going to be all right. <laughs> and I just had to, you know, even validate myself like, dang, you know, I should have, you know, made sure that, that they were packed, but you know, it's like, okay, you know, the flip side of that, at least you brought their hoodies and their sweatshirt. So, you know, and you brought them a beanie girl, they will be okay. And, you know, this is why all of this that I've said thus far is exactly why we have to work hard on healing from our traumatic experience. We, ha- we have to, I'm telling you, especially if you are a parent, we have to heal from these situations because there is a way, it's, it's such a different way when you parent from a healed place than from a triggered place. Because when you're triggered, all you're trying to do is just get away from the, 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 um, that stimulating environment. So if that means sending your child to their room because they're the one that triggered you, you're going to do that. If that means cussing out your spouse, you're going to do that. Like, it's like, you know, that that's your natural response when you're not, you know, when you have not started that process. And even when you start the process, you know, in, in the beginning parts, you're still going to, I would say you're even going to be even more triggered because now you're pulling up old memories. Now you're pulling up old, old things. So, you know, in order for you to heal, you do, you're literally going to have to drain it out first. So it's going to be ugly. Oh, it's going to be ugly. You know, it's going to be so ugly, but it's necessary to heal from those traumatic experiences. Because if not, the very thing that has been traumatizing us, we will unintentionally inflict those same wounds or similar wounds on our children. So if you got fussed at a lot as a child, screamed at, hollered at, go to your room, you do, you be doing too much or, you know, all, all this other stuff, you know, watch, I'm telling you, 
and you are going, the feeling that you get when you realize that you have done something that you said that you weren't going to do or something that reminds you of your parent. I mean, it's like a shame and guilt cloud that just comes over the top of your head. And it's like, it's okay. Like, you know, just be willing to acknowledge where one, where it came from and be willing to say, okay, you know what? I said, I wasn't going to yell. I yelled. Okay. We got to do better. And we move on. We don't sit in it. Oh my gosh, I could have done this. I could have done, you know, I know it's easier said than done, but just understand that as a human being, you are going to make mistakes. And as a parent, you're going to make even more (laughs) like, that's just how it is, but just be willing to break the generational curses, be willing to put your best foot forward so that these expectations can be deaded and they can be realistic expectations. Because a lot of them that I've mentioned, they were so unrealistic, y'all. And then don't even get me started on the unrealistic ones that I had for my spouse. That's the next, that's the next one. Like childhood, adolescent, adulthood, parenting. And then the spouse, y'all. Ladies that are married or that want to be married, sis, if you can just pause right here and at least get those first three under control, baby, you going to be ready for me. Like, you know, you still gonna have your ups and downs, but it's like just at least having those three things tackled, baby, marriage ain't going to have nothing on you. Okay. I promise you. (laughs) Number four, what I had for my spouse, these expectations, y'all. They were absolutely connected to my childhood abandonment and the expectations, uh, the expectations I had created for my spouse. You know, like I said earlier, because I lacked affection, you know, in my childhood. Okay, now I just I, I, I have to have it to breathe, survive and live. And it's like, you know, I still definitely, definitely do need affection, but I am not at a point anymore where if I don't get it, it like, um, it has such a negative effect on me. Like, yes, I am going to feel like, dang, like I, I, I'm, I'm running low on this, but I'm able to even validate and self-regulate myself. Like, okay, girl, you need a hug, get yourself a hug. Or you need some words of affirmation, get in that mirror and get it done. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, um, with my spouse, it was just, I, we went through a lot in our first, you know, our first couple of years of marriage because, you know, I, like I said in a previous episode, I had never experienced a serious committed relationship like this um like like a marriage like a marriage it this thing is bro it's a paper we had to sign a paper to say we wanted to be together baby this official this official official okay and it's like you know I wanted to be included in everything that my husband did and when I was not y'all your girl's feelings was hurt Yes, my feelings were so hurt. I wanted to be friends with all his friends. And it's like, when I didn't fit in, I was hurt. Very hurt. Like, I wanted him to be all about me. And oh my gosh, everything about my wife, my wife, my wife. And when I felt neglected, I was hurt. Like, I had made my husband my everything. And it's like, you know, I believe God gives us spouses, you know, for many reasons. You know, so we can have companionship, so we can have somebody to do to do with the correct way. <laughs> um, but I definitely feel like our spouses can really bring healing to us because I know for sure my husband has. He's 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 brought healing to um that abandonment, you know, that I had. And 
um, just the support system, you know, the lack of support system, I should say. He's definitely, you know, been that for me. But you have to be very careful in a marriage to not make your spouse everything. He can be your boo thing. He can be your heartbeat. He can be your gumdrop, your chicken leg, your wing and the thigh. But baby, if you make him everything, when he disappoints you, you will be crushed. You will be like, oh my gosh, why did I get in this marriage? I need to get out. Like you are going to be so broken from human mistakes. You know, I'm not talking about, you know, cheating on you. He didn't win, had a child and stepped out the marriage. I'm saying, you know, things like maybe, you know, he forgets the anniversary or maybe he doesn't take you out on dates. Maybe he doesn't, you know, buy you cards and flowers like you like, you know, if you're not careful, you will not allow your spouse to be human. You will almost dehumanize them and make them into a robot because you're not allowing them to make these mistakes. And that's exactly what I was doing. I was like, no. And, and then when he would make the mistakes, I'm like, oh my gosh, my whole world is just over. Like, how could you do this to me? You said you love me and everything. <laughs> and my husband's probably just like, this girl is crazy. <laughs> You know, like um, women that have all all my ladies, all my women that are listening, girls, how much of a connection do y'all feel is a con- uh, how much how much of a connection is there between how your how your father is to you and how. Let me see. Let me start over. Do you believe that there is a connection between your father and your current spouse or your current boyfriend? And what I mean, a connection, are they similar? Are they opposites? Did you look for someone that was not like your father? Did you look for someone that was similar to your father? Did you look for someone that was handy like, you know, like what, what is the connection for y'all with your current relationship with your father and your current boyfriend or your current spouse? I know for me, I made sure, or I, I really, really sought out, I wrote it down on a paper that I wanted someone that um, would be there for me. I really needed that support. And I did not want someone that was going to, you know, break my heart. I didn't want someone that was going to cheat on me. I wanted someone that was going to really value me, value my presence, and really want to build a life with me. Like, it was very important because, you know, even the question that I asked earlier about, you know, do y'all believe there's a connection? Um, Listen, your your father is the first caretaker of your heart, ladies. And if he shatters that thing, breaks it, hurts your feelings, if it's not healed, oof, shout out to the people that are going to have to deal with that version of you. Like I look back like, man, I've met people and they really dealt with a not so good version of me. Like, man, I was I was in my broken phase. Or I was in the just starting my healing phase. Man, I was in my, you know, neglect, uh, denial phase. You know, and it's just like when I met my husband, I my, my heart was not at all together. And he still was like, you know, I like you. <laughs> and I was like, me? <laughs> you like me? What? And even from the jump, he was like, I'm going to marry you. Like, I really am. I'm going to marry you. And it's like, ladies, listen, you know, 
I won't stay here long, but just understand that it does not take 17 years for a man to know that he wants to marry you. You know, I, I'm telling you, you know, it doesn't have to go the way that me and my husband got together because we 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 did get together very quickly. And, you know, but I'm I'm telling you, it doesn't it doesn't take that long. A man will know off the probably first date, like if you if, if you are what he's looking for, even in your, you know, whatever stage of healing that you might be, they I don't know. It's like God gave men a way to see through women. And really see qualities that match his qualities for a st- for stability in a potential family, stability in a potential um, household. And you know, it's like women we see, you know, we just see the potential in, in 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 the man. Oh, well, you know, he say he got a good job and he got this, he got that. You know, we we we're attracted to the provider. You know, if the man is if he's providing, he's taking you out on a lot of dates, and he's you know doing what he you know taking care of business. We're gonna be naturally attracted to that. But like I said, I ain't gonna stay there long. But yes, just understand that a man can tell, and you know he don't gotta wind you and dine you seventeen times to know. So, you know, I had really become. I would say in a way that I definitely did make my husband an idol, that I was just like, you know, I only want everything about him and I don't want anything else and I don't care about friends and, you know, I want my life to be his life and (laughs) everything. And it's just like I lost myself deeply in the process. Like, I'm so glad that God reached down and he got me out. But y'all, I was low, low, low very low. I was very, very low. And I had become so wrapped up in the idea of my marriage that I wasn't even actively in the marriage. I was complaining. I was, you know, upset. I was not happy. I was just all these things. And I was just like, man, like, what, what is it? What is it? Again, silent expectations. You had, I had a laundry list of the things that I wanted my husband to do, like, oh, provide and, you know, oh, you know, plan date nights and plan vacations and plan. And it's like, okay, again, that's nice. But are you really thinking of like, like be, be, be for real, like it, ha- it costs money for that kind of stuff. And it's like, at the time, y'all, we didn't really have a lot, a lot of that at the time. So it's like, I, here I am mad because Oh, we didn't go, we didn't go, you know, out of state for my birthday. And it's like, sis, first of all, that's a lot of money. (laughs) Like, wait a minute. It's like, you know, just a balance. And two, communication. It's like, now I definitely communicate with my husband, like, you know, okay, this is what I want to do. But it's like, you know, just being willing. If if you don't get, you know, definitely with your spouse, being willing in the process. You can't just expect a laundry list of them and then not be willing to be a part of the process. I.e., if I say I want to go to Vegas for my birthday, which I do, um, the, I can help search for an Airbnb. I can help search for plane tickets. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, I just feel like it's unrealistic to put all of that on him. Oh, just you plan it all. And it's like, and especially if I know that that is not my husband's strong suit, which it's not, that's just a recipe for disaster. And then you're still going to end up hurt. So it's like, expect things that are realistic from your childhood. You know, I mean, we can't go back, but just, you know, just, just look back and see, you know, did you have silent expectations and how is that affecting you today? Did you have them in your adolescence? Did you have them in your adulthood? Did you have them um, in your marriage? You know, because all of that stuff matters. 
how you expect people to show up for you will be, it matters mainly because that is how you are going to perceive people showing up for you as well. So if you expect people to be 10 minutes early, you know, to brunch and 10 minutes early to dinner and they are late, you are now going to feel some type of way. But did you mention that that is one of your expectations? Even if it sounds silly, if that's one of your expectations, voice it and then go from there. Because who's to say that, you know, th- that that's an easy fix. Okay, girl, bet I, I'll, I, I'll, I'll be there, you know, 10 minutes early like, like you like. You know what I'm saying? Like I had to really learn to be comfortable with voicing my expectations, even if they sound silly, even if it was a bit uncomfortable, me saying, hey, you know, I need uh, some money or, hey, I need um, I need um, a hug or, you know, whatever the case may be. You know, the la- the only thing I can do is, sh- is is voice it. Now, whether it gets completed, that is now in the other person's hands. And I, I even had to take it a step further and try my best to not be affected or wavered by their willingness to complete the task. Okay. So the next thing and last thing that I wanted to mention to y'all is your own expectations. Y'all, we didn't, we didn't cover everybody else's expectations, but sis, what are you holding on that is your own silent expectation? You know? Leave it in the comments. That's 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 what we're going to talk about in the comments. What are your personal silent expectations that you just keep internal and you're you're really not sure? Maybe you're not sure how to vocalize it, or maybe you have vocalized it in the past and you're just like, mm, I'm not going to be a dummy again, so I'm not going to say that. <laughs> like, let me know in the comments. How do you feel? So, with your own expectations. I remember remember earlier when I said as a parent, I made this little space and I made sure that it was little room for mistakes. Listen, sis, if that is you, come on now. We're going to have to work on that. That space is too small for you. You hitting your head on the ceiling. You can't stretch your legs out. It ain't, it ain't, it ain't nothing like being in somebody's house and you, you just feel like you can't breathe. You can't move. You're stepping on stuff. Like it's not enough room in here for me. Sis, you need a bigger house. And that's how it is for you. You need a bigger space to be able to grow. You have outgrown that space. That space is too tight. It's, you know, it's too tight. You're uncomfortable. Like let's get you a new space. Okay. I expected myself to just pick up all the pieces of my life and just move on like nothing happened. You know, imagine you shredding up, you know, your mail that you don't need and all the credit cards that they send you to apply for. And you don't want that, right? So you shred it up. So now it's time for you to empty out the shredder. And imagine if I, instead of getting a trash bag and dumping it in that, imagine me saying, you know what? I don't have time for that. I'd rather just dump it in my arms and walk outside to the trash can. Imagine how many little pieces I'm dropping on the way out. Or who's to say I even make it out with, you know, a decent bit of it and I don't trip over something and, you know, it flies out of my hand and I got to pick up all of this paper when I could have easily just put it in a bag and took the bag to the trash. Well, that's how silent expectations are. When you are having a silent expectation, you are expecting others to carry themselves according to something you've never voiced. You've never said that you don't like, you know, when your spouse says this or say you have said it. But um, I read something on Instagram 
And they were talking about, you know, oh, on Facebook and it was like uh, little pictures on how to set healthy boundaries or how to vocalize boundaries. And the biggest thing that I got from it was um, the, the lady said, you know, boundaries are not ultimatums and neither are silent expectations. They're not ultimatums. These are things that you are expecting or they should be expectations should be something that you are looking forward to happening, right? So if I have an expectation that I, you know, I want to go on a trip for my birthday, I'm looking forward to that. But the silent expectation is I am looking forward to going on a three-day cruise to the Bahamas, coming back, having, um, going, going to dinner for seafood, coming home, having a bubble bath ran. And it's like, okay, it's one thing to have the expectation of the birthday, which your spouse is aware of, but it's a whole nother thing to have it all planned out. And then you don't tell them how is he supposed to know that that's what you want? My husband used to always tell me, babe, I cannot read your mind. And I'm like, I understand that, but you need to try. <laughs> like, I like, you know, I, I'm a person that likes surprises. I really enjoy being surprised. And it's been, it's, I can only count like on a hand, one hand probably when I've been genuinely surprised. And like one of my um, uh, surprises that I can remember is we were playing heads up here at the house and it was me and just my husband and he had picked this deck and he was doing it. Before I realized, I'm like, wait a minute, this deck, it's like, you know, the first one, uh, you know, it was like, um, you know, he was describing it um, to me and I was like, okay, you know, that was my first base that I was stationed at. Okay, cool. That's odd. And then the more it went on, I was like, wait a minute, this deck is really personal. I was like, did you make this? And he was like, uh, yeah, I had, he said one day I had uh, got the iPad and I had just made this deck for us, for us to be able to play. And then I plan on adding it. Y'all, I had little, my eyes got all glossy. He was like, babe, are you about to cry? <laughs> I'm telling y'all, it don't, it don't take much, but like something like that. Like I thought that was so thoughtful. Like you really thought to make a deck about us and then surprised me by plant like what that was so that was so nice and it's like you know if like again if I like if I my expectation is oh I like surprises like y'all I was not expecting that I'm not gonna lie like I was not expecting that but just imagine if you know and I and I still have moments where I do it I still do it and I have to catch myself like okay should I just say something if you know this is something that you really want to do just say it the least that the worst thing that can happen is that you guys can't go you know, or you can't go this time. You have to go next time. Like, you know, just, just say something. And I was just like, man, like I wondered how much of my life I had lived with silent expectations when, you know, with opportunities that had been presented to me, or, you know, maybe I had something going on and it didn't go my way. Or, you know, I remember in college when we had to do group projects, ugh, hated them. And, you know, it's not going the way I want, but I don't know, really know how to vocalize it. So now I'm mad and I'm pissed at the, you know, the, the group meetings. And they're like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, what's wrong with you? Um, you know, <laughs> and it's like, man, you know, the the key to silent expectations, the way to avoid them is communicating. And like back to what I said, the thing I saw on Facebook, it's not an ultimatum. This is just you saying this is what you would like. And then you give them the space to do what they do. And then you then move accordingly, but you're not, oh, if I don't get this trip, then no, 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 because we are not children and we don't throw tantrums here. Like 
I would like this trip. It would really mean a lot to me if we could go to Vegas for my birthday. I've looked at, you know, a couple of hotel options or whatever the case may be, you know, and, and whatever, you know, I was, I would really like that. You know, maybe we can do this, these dates or these dates. You, you see what I'm saying? Like there's, there's a whole difference. I want you, you guys to be mindful that you don't have to walk around with the shreds, you know, like, like remember the analogy that I said with the shredder earlier, you don't have to walk around with the shreds of your life anymore. You can be a whole person. But you have to be willing to do the work. Gift yourself the chance to put the pieces of your heart, the pieces of, you know, um, your childhood, your adolescence, the pieces of your parenting, your marriage. Put those pieces together. Gift your chance, gift, gift yourself the chance to do that. How do I gift myself? Sis, I talk about it all the time on a podcast, therapy. I'm telling you. Therapy is such an eye-opening experience because it's like you get to meet yourself. Every session, you get to meet yourself over and over and over again. We don't just do things just because. There's something buried deep within for some of us. Some of us, it's, it's layers down under a brick wall, under a planted tree. I mean, it's deep, deep rooted down. But there is a reason why you are always so anxious. There's a reason why you are always so agitated. You know, there's a there's a reason to that. And if you're willing to do the digging, oh my gosh, like you would be so surprised, both good and bad of what you find. <laughs> you know, you'd be you'd be really surprised of like, wow, I didn't know that this beauty was here. They say diamonds are made under pressure, baby. I'm telling you, it's going to be a lot of pressure in therapy sessions. A lot of pressure. You might, it might be some sessions to where you just cry. And that's okay. Because in order for you to come alive again, in order for you to sprout up again, baby, you're going to have to ooze out all that negativity, all of that tar, you know, some of us got mold because it's been sitting there for so long. Like you're going to have to scrub all of that out in order for you to plant new seeds, but you can do it. How do I know? You're looking at someone that's done it and still does it. It's possible. Do y'all see the glow? Your girl is glowing. I'm telling you, it's possible. You can do this, but you just have to be willing. Are y'all willing? Are y'all willing to try therapy before the year is out. I think you'd like it. <laughs> I really think you'd like it. And don't be hard on yourself. I was so hard on myself when I first started therapy, y'all. I was just so critical and, and just mean to myself, especially when I would feel like I was so, um, I wasn't even anti-feel because I always had a high sensitivity to my emotions and my feelings, but I hated that about myself. I hated that I was so sensitive. I hated that I could just feel things way deeper than other people. Because girl, somebody could feel something and be like, oh, well, it ain't that deep. I would be like, it is that deep. <laughs> I would be hurt. Like, you know, through therapy, I recognized that pain and I learned to sit with it and really try to understand, you know, okay, is this first? Is this my pain or is this someone else's pain? Like, did, did, am I feeling this for someone or is this literally mine? 
you know, and if it's mine, then I learned to, you know, I, I've learned to sort, okay, where did that come from? I'm asking myself all the time, okay, why are you feeling like this? Oh, okay. It's because someone said this and that made me feel less than, and that's why I'm now triggered and I'm feeling over, you know, it's a triple effect. I tried to connect all the things together, but see, I have to be willing and not be mean to myself to even admit that, yes, girl, like, you know, you are tripping out right now, but you know, it's okay. You know, I don't settle there, but I am, I do think about it and I try not to just say, oh, I don't know, or that's just how I am. Like, I really try to understand why I am feeling away. Same thing with the unrealistic and silent expectations. I try to understand why did I even set this expectation in the first place? Was this from a place of uh, survival? Was this a defense mechanism? Like, why do I even have this? <laughs> and is it even, is, is it even um, serving me in a good way? You know? Gift yourself the grace. I gifted myself that grace that I wish I had as a child. So much grace. I tell myself, it's okay. It's okay. We're learning. It's okay. We're learning. You know, when I, when, when I went through, when I had to go through, you know, relive the sexual abuse through therapy, I had to give myself a lot of grace. You know, especially, you know, you know, I would have a session where I had to talk about it. And then that whole day, I just like nobody touch me, nobody, you know, mm-mm, none of that. And it's like I, I have to gift myself that grace. And I want you to do that, too. Gift yourself grace that you can get through this. And if you are triggered in the process, that is OK. OK, because even God gives us grace. He gives us lots of grace and mercy. So you can give yourself that same grace, that same mercy, gift it to yourself. You know, understand that where I stand, well, I'm sitting right now, but where I stand today, I man, it took a lot of work and it's an ongoing process to learn to trust the process. Remember earlier when I said trusting yourself, you have to trust that you know what you are doing. Once you start your healing journey, you have to trust that you can make the switch. When you have learned a new skill, that you are capable of using the, use, the new skill. Instead of hollering, you know, you can sit down or, you know, do the step away method. You have to trust yourself that you can do that. That these unrealistic and silent expectations that you've always set all your life, as we love to say, always, always, I'm sorry, always, always, you, you, you don't have to, it don't have to be always anymore. You can put a period, flip the page, start a new chapter. You know, what's the process? Healing. Healing is a beautiful, unrestricted process. It really is. It's a process that you, you don't, so, sometimes you don't know what the heck you're dealing with. You know how on, you know, when you're on the, uh, a potter is, making clay, making something out of clay. I, I've i watched a couple of videos and sometimes I'm like, I don't, I know the, the title says kettle, but baby, I don't understand how this is about to be a kettle. And it's like, trust the process with makeup. When they first start out, sometimes I'd be like, Ooh, don't think that's the right shade. And then at the end, when they do the little slow-mo, I'd be like, yes, girl, that is the right shade. Absolutely. Trusting the process and understand that there are many moving compartments. There are many moving parts to this thing, this whole train. You know, there's the conductor, there's, you know, the local, all, all everything. There's, there, there's so much 
to making this thing go forward, don't stop and don't quit early. You know, not only does it affect you, it affects your family, it affects your friends, your inner circle, your healing, yourself, your current state of being, it affects others. You know, it's not just affecting you. I know because you've isolated, you think it's only affecting you, but baby, it affects other people. You can start now. You can teach your children now these things that you're learning in therapy, you know, these, these, these boundaries, you know, teaching them how to effectively regulate their emotions, teaching them how to set realistic expectations. You can, how could you teach? Because you're learning to master them. But if you're not even willing to try, it is going to be a challenge to try to teach them because they're going to be like, okay, well, and now what? And you're going to be like, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) I don't know. It just sounded good. So just understand that this is a journey. Healing is not easy, but it is worth it. I promise you it's worth it. I see the results, effective results already. It is very much worth it. (sighs) Take a breath. How do you feel? (laughs) How is that? (laughs) It's a lot, but I promise you, we in this together real bad. (laughs) So listen, I need you to do me a favor. I would love for you to hit subscribe to the channel and come back for another episode. You're here. Clearly you like what I got going on and I appreciate that. I love that for you. So come and join the family. Hit subscribe. That's your entry to be a part of the family. Subscribe, notification bell on. Listen, I also have a link tree. I need y'all to uh, start showing Apple Podcasts and Spotify some love because what's going on? Um, I, I, I would love for y'all to download those episodes. So the link tree is down below. Also, if you'd like to donate to the show, the PayPal link is in the description. I would love for you to do that. Um, it keeps the lights going. It keeps it keeps me going. It keeps equipment being able to upgrade. It keeps a lot of things going. So if you'd like to do that, I appreciate it. And above all else, I love y'all. And I really, really appreciate y'all being here. So if you don't do anything else, you're going to watch this video, whether it's here or here, which is the last episode. I need you to do that for me. And I will see you next week. Peace.